Hello everyone and welcome to the Real Ill Show, where we keep it real for you. Yeah. Thank you for your contribution, buddy. You're welcome. Alright, so let's start with introducing the podcast and the show and what is it, what is it all about and why you should listen to it. There is no introduction. Um, it's pretty much us talking shit and recording the shit we talk and putting it up on Spotify. That's the whole format of the show. There's not a script. There's not a structure. We're not fucking Joe Rogan. And yeah, uh, the basis, the inspiration behind it is that I think that you and I have like this really great conversations that sometimes I just feel that if people listen to them, they would get entertained. And that's it. That's the that's the podcast. That's the whole experience. That's how we're gonna roll. <clears throat> heavily filtered, though. Heavily filtered, because heavily filtered. yeah, heavily filtered because died down. Yeah, way down. <laughs> filtered down to be Spotify and friends and family friendly. Yeah. You right. can put, the, you can, you can watch, you can hear, listen to this stuff instead of watching a, a I don't know, the Rock movie. Yeah, it's, you're, 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 you're gonna lose the same amount of brain cells in both cases. Okay, yeah, okay. I so uh, there's not a topic, but I do have a, I do have a suggestion for you. All right, let's get it. Let's interview each other. And. Ooh. We're going to interview each other. We're going to ask each other questions, whatever question comes to your mind. So I think this is going to be a good introduction and a good way for the two people that are going to listen for two to five minutes to decide that they want to leave and not not come back to the podcast. So yeah, let's just, uh, let's just interview each other and ask each other some questions and let's just see what conversations come out of there. I threw you a little curveball there, didn't I? Yeah, you, you sure did. I thought we didn't have a format. Um, all right, you start the questions since you're such a smart ass. Okay, so I'm not going to ask you bullshit questions like your name and what do you do and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'll ask you this one question and that's it. Ooh. If you could do something completely different right now, like a complete 180 degree change of your life, what would it be? So for context, say what you do right now, but summarize it really quick because nobody cares. And yep. then and then say, what would you be rather doing? Um, I'm a programmer, but most of the time I'm just making them really nice good good looking buttons on the websites that's uh, that's essentially what i do and they pay me real good money for it they pay you real good money oh real clean man you do well for yourself <clears throat> yeah i'll say i do good for myself yeah not being too savvy um what would i do besides what i'm doing right now you know the first thing that popped in my head right away as soon as you just set it up was moving moving to new york why just new york al- just always wanted to live in the in the big apple 
Uh, I don't know. It's all these goddamn American movies that we watched as kids in the Eastern Bloc, where we're both from. And uh, in Eastern Europe, watching movies like, I don't know, let's say Home Alone 2, right? Because that's the whole thing is based in New York. So let's say watching movies that are shot and based in New York City to a little kid in um, Eastern European country is basically like uh, watching Star Wars and you're a little kid in Africa. I mean, it's just New York, uh, it's like from outer space. It's just like another dimension. And uh, I don't know, I guess um, it just has this grip of an influence uh, on me and I've always wanted to at least try to live in New York City. Not America, right? Not United States, although I'm very well aware that New York City is in the United States. I'm saying New York City specifically, not LA, not Miami, not Las Vegas or whatever, Texas, New York City specifically. And that's the first thing that popped in my head because I've always wanted to do it. And uh, I guess you could say it's a dream. Yeah, let's say that's a dream of mine. That's a dream of yours. You want to go and live in New York? I want to go and live in New York. Uh, spend uh, just just take in the vibes, take in the culture, see if the little kid in me that's always wanted to do this is gonna be satisfied with whatever the experience is there, or not, and then I'll just do something else. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing that popped in my head, and I'm gonna go with that. And uh, what about you? What's the thing you would do if you weren't here now or you had an opportunity to? Right. So my thing is kind of opposite to yours. So you say right. growing up in the Eastern Bloc and watching all these movies about New York and stuff and seeing there's a different world, there's a different dimension. Uh, if I could turn my life around 180 degrees and do something that would be I would go to Russia and travel the entire entirety of Russia and does this have something to do with that YouTube guy man yeah yeah, yeah it's heavily influenced <laughs> <laughs> tell them tell them tell all right, them all right all right all right so I have a unhealthy obsession with this YouTube channel called bold and bankrupt which is this British guy who speaks fluent Russian and he travels around Russia and old Soviet countries like Belarus and Ukraine and uh, Armenia, Georgia, Kyrgyzstan. And I have a, not only because of him, but I grew up in a pretty communist oriented family so my grandparents were involved into they worked during the communism during the socialistic uh, regime in bulgaria they worked in posts that were involved with communism so there was always this sort of a uplifting of idea of socialism in my family i don't support so i personally don't support the I don't think it's a good political movement. I don't think it's a good way to run a country or the world. But the thing that I do like about it is the lifestyle, the normal people lifestyle that that it created and the architecture 
Soviet architecture. It's called socialist modernism. So look at that, people. It's really ugly. Um, I think it's beautiful. And yeah, I think I think you have like um, I don't know unhealthy obsession with that that architecture style, and I think it's it's sort of like a, I don't know it's it's just a thing from your childhood, man, that you relate to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if you look at it objectively, I mean, it's it, it's literally the. the the main architect was like, how do you want me to do this building? And they were like, can you do a cube? Can you do like a cube? And there's like windows and an entrance and it's just a cube and no, make it gray, no, no, make no. it gray, <laughs> make it gray. That's what we want. Gray cube with windows. That's it. Do it. No, it's not, it's not only that. It is, um, I mean, there, there's a certain aesthetic to it that I find very pleasing. But the reason tell, the, the, tell, tell, tell people about the Instagram page so they can get a look of what it is, <laughs> what we're talking about. Oh, it's tell cool. about that Instagram page. Just just go to Instagram and search for uh, SLC, MOD, Sokpot, Socialist Modernism. Um, so, yeah, I would go and I would spend like a year traveling in, in like this weird Russian republics because obviously Russia has. Um, was of Asian influence with Mongolians. So there's uh, this very weird republics that they're in Russia, they're in Europe. They're as much as in Europe as London is or Sofia is. But they don't feel like Europe because you've got a Buddhist temple and then the kids in school get taught how to do Mongolian throat singing. Uh, there's just a lot of interesting places and it's a different world to whatever we've seen and experienced. I mean, I know a lot of people, everyone goes to, like, everyone that travels, at some point, all these people, they're hyped on travel and identify with travel. Everyone goes to India, and they, they always talk about how they have this, like, amazing experience in India and whatever. I haven't been to India, so I can't really say anything about it. I've, I've seen loads of videos and stuff on it, but I think um, that places, like, if you go to a place like Russia, you'd get, like, the same sort of a culture shock. Because it's it's very different, but it's still it's still in Europe, but it's so very different. And the lifestyle, the architecture, the people, they vary from republic to republic. The weather too, like there's this like um there's this town that is the most toxic town in the world because it's the most polluted town in the world. It's called Norilsk, which is in Russia. When you look at the place, you get your mind blown. Because it, it's very, it's very, it, it, it's close to Siberia, right? So you have, like, you go there and you have sunshine at, like, 3 in the morning. Um, but the temperature is, like, minus 30 degrees and whatever. Uh, and the people live in this toxic, polluted town. They have their life expectancy uh, lower than the average Russian population by 10 years. They have double the chance of contracting cancer. But they still live there. They still live their life there, and like they, they, and they live it like we live it. You know, they have their things they do. They like they go to clubs. They they go to restaurants. They do their jobs. Most of the people there do these industrial jobs. They go into like uh, metalworking and stuff. They work in the factories around it. But for me, I really find that fascinating. That everyone knows that everyone knows. Why? That why, like, why do you think they stay there? Why then they just move and uh, I don't know start a life somewhere else i think it's the small town mentality i think it because it's a small town 
it's a small town in, like nobody goes there nobody moves to Norilsk to to live there like if you're you, you won't go there to pursue a career because there's nothing to pursue you can either be yeah, yeah, yeah but but i mean like oh, why I don't would... the people why don't the people from there move to say moscow or i don't know a bigger city some of them move but a lot of them stay because like i said the small town mentality it's like the same you know like this how they train little uh, elephants to to be obedient like they tie a little rope on their on their foot. Uh, I'm, I'm i'm not i'm not really uh into training elephants all right, but, all right, uh, all right. It, it's it's a metaphor feel free to proceed yeah it's it's a it's a metaphor it, it's a I don't know how true it is the technique, but I mean it makes sense. So when the when the elephant's a baby, they they tie it with a little rope, like the 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 foot of the elephant with a, a little rope. So obviously, like the baby elephant is not strong enough to to pull and break the rope. So it spends in its entire life thinking that that rope is keeping him in the same place, even though it's a I don't know how many I don't know how heavy elephants get to to one ton maybe I don't know. You think more? I, I think five pounds. Five tons, I, I'm right? go. I'm gonna call it. I uh, think it's five pounds. All right, it's a five-ton machine. It can break the rope easily, but because it spent its entire life being constrained by the rope when it was weaker, so it thinks like, oh, like there's no escape. So I kind of think because like we, I come from a small town, um, and you know, like we, we, can I say that you come from the same town? Not really, right? Yeah. How? Kind of. Okay. I, I spent fifty percent of my time ever since I was a little kid there. Yeah. So um. Basically, a resident there, yeah. So yeah, like this, the small town mentality. It's it's a very like it's a very interesting concept to think about because you grew up and everyone everyone around you, nobody's doing something special like in the small town. Like maybe you have a couple of like couple of people who are like doing better than everyone else because they were smart back in the day. They started a construction business or they opened up like a restaurant that remained successful. And they're doing well, but there's not much inspiration for you to pursue greater things unless you get that inspiration externally or your parents give you that inspiration or whatever. But everyone around you is just doing normal stuff. And they seem like, like I said, like everyone proceeds with their life normally. They still go out about their day. They go do their work. They go out with friends and whatever. It's not a bad life. So like growing up and experiencing like this small town mentality and stuff, well, never leaving it unless you have something like ex externally pushing you to leave and pursue something else. I don't think you ever feel the need to leave. Like that rope that you got when you were a kid, like it's like sort of a mental rope. Like nothing, nothing's really happening. Why, why should you leave? Your friends are there. Um, like you know, people that are doing well, people are surviving. Every nobody's miserable. Like I mean, not nobody, but like most of the people are not miserable and whatever. So you're just like, what's the point in leaving? So I think that's sort of the reason people stay in places without too much perspective. Yes, but that's very, <clears throat> very contradictory to what me and you know about our small town where we come from. I mean, our experiences is that, especially in the case of you, for example, that as soon as young kids... Um, reach the age of 18 and 19, as soon as they graduate high school, that is, um, their instinct is to go to the bigger city, either to study or to find work, because all of their, all of their peers, they move into the bigger city, and there's really not much to do in the small city, you know, in the small town. 
when your friends are not there. When your friends are there, it's great. You will never leave that place, uh, no matter what. But as soon as your peers start moving out, that's when you, you feel that gap and you feel that drive to also move out because there's nothing else to do there, you know? And um, But I don't know about that particular town in, uh, in Russia. I've always wondered why people in small towns... Uh, actually, I've always wondered why there's a small majority of people in small towns that stay in that small town and they always bear the same characteristics they're always uh working shitty jobs for a shitty boss they're always in between jobs or changing jobs they're always complaining about the job um they're never uh how should i say uh, how should i put this they're not ambitious enough to pursue a career and they're all about just moving from this day to the next day, just going through the motions and just, you know, just living day for day without without any foresight in the future or any plan of action or anything like that. And another characteristic that I find in those people, they get married real young. I mean, yeah, you can talk more about on the subject, but I'm 25 now, you're 27. In the past three years, I must have seen not attend but seen at least 10 of people of the people i know from that from our small city where we come from get married and they're my age or even younger than me and uh they get married young and all of these guys stayed there and all of these guys settled in for the family life the kids the wife the the safe job the uh just just going through the motions just ticking off the social check boxes without any pursuit of personal growth or uh financial career or whatever right but so yeah it's uh it it, it's the small city effect the small city fog i don't know it, it clouds the mind of some people and they just stay there and they just never leave it so Regarding the marriage, the mar- early marriage and early kids thing, um, my theory about that is that it's a quick way to get validated by a society living in a small town, and a quick yeah, way, and a quick way to eject yourself from having to uh, pursue a career or or try to do something. It, it, it just that's difficult. It just ticks the social boxes, right? Like you're a kid and then you attend school, then you go to high school and then you could go to college. But most of these young couples, they don't go to college. They just straight up get married right after they graduate high school or maybe two years after that, uh, just before they graduate college, for example. And they just tick off all these social boxes until they just settle down into this family but if you think about it, they're still kids. They still haven't found themselves. They, they, they still don't know, who, who the fuck am I? Like, what, what do I want to do in this life? I'm not saying that being a father or being a mother is not what you might have always wanted to do in this life. But I'm saying that uh, reproducing, and the bi- <clears throat> reproducing and your biological instincts to start a family... Uh, I don't think that should be your main purpose. 
I mean, I don't think that's uh, that that's what we're here for. If that's what we were here for, we're not much different than animals. That's true. So the the marriage the marriage thing, I can I had an experience with my grandma that really um, made me realize like why people do it that early, why people get married and have kids that early. So there's this kid. Oh, he's not a kid. He's like a grown man. But there was this guy that lives in our block building. And this guy back in the day, he was just like a little piece of shit. He was just getting drunk all the time. He used to give the entire block building trouble because he was always like having parties in his apartment. People couldn't sleep. Like he used to like puke on the stairs and like wouldn't clean it up. He was just a horrible guy. He didn't do anything with his life ever, like, like literally nothing. But then he got married. He got married and he has a kid. And so for me, the difference between the way my grandma spoke about him before and the way my grandma speaks about him after he got married and had kids really explained to me how society validates people like that in a small town. Because before that, my grandma was like, this guy's a piece of shit. He's a troublemaker. He doesn't do anything. He's always causing trouble. And now the way she speaks about him is, oh my God, he's doing so well. He has a kid. He's married. He's such a good guy. He's got a job. His job, he's a border patrol. So he he doesn't do anything all day. He has a kid now. Yeah. He goes fishing all the time. He brings home this big ass fish. Like fishing, really? Like you just sit there and kick dust for 10 hours fish, fish by the way i don't care what people say i think fishing is the fucking dumbest thing in the world if you're passionate about fishing you're just passionate yeah. about fucking around and wasting time might as well just watching paint dry but that's another topic <laughs> i mean i mean watching paint dry is is almost the same activity as watching the water splash until you catch something yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and so this is like the difference how people talk about how people think about because you could be a, a piece of shit guy and you can just fuck around all the time but if you get married and you have a kid if you come especially especially in a post-soviet country where family is valued so high having family having kids and having a house is like such a high value thing to do and people would validate you so i think it's a quick escape when you're a kid when you're like 18 19 you know that you're gonna you can get married you can hold a mediocre job somewhere somewhere your significant other can hold a mediocre job somewhere you can put together to buy a small apartment somewhere in a car have a kid go on vacation once per year and you kind of get this self this sense of uh, fulfillment that all you had to do was put your dick in someone else and make a baby. And, and obviously, I, I mean, I understand that taking care of a child, of a living thing, is difficult work. But compared to people, like, to other difficult work, such as, like, really putting in the work to study, uh, or really putting in the work to build a career, or really putting in the work to build something that makes a difference. Sorry for the little pause there. <clears throat> I had to cough. I don't have the roller. I'm good. So like I was saying, I think the the difference between the difficulty levels between raising a kid and having a little family and living a mediocre life compared to putting yourself into difficult situations and into stressful situations where you can fail multiple times, where stuff's not going to work out for you, 
I think you people don't want to put themselves in that stress. And because everyone else, like I said, the small town mentality, everyone else in the small town is doing the same exact thing. Like you grew up in a mediocre family, you went to the seaside one time per year, you went to Sofia to go see the movies once every couple of months. And this kind of thing is sort of baked into you. So it's kind of a, like a safe path to take. When you're a young kid, you just graduated high school, you don't really know what to do. The idea of like pursuing shit and like having to struggle doesn't really appeal to you. The grind, the yeah. grind scares you. The grind scares you. So you're just like kind of like settle down and you just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to have a kid and I'm going to go and work at the. I don't know. I'm going to go work the, in the factory or whatever. The factory. Like I'm going to be a waiter or I'm going to be a border patrol policeman or a regular policeman or military or whatever. Like I'm saying military, not because they don't respect the job, but because military in Bulgaria, like it's, it's pretty much a joke. Like nobody does anything. Uh, they just sit around all day. Uh, so you, yeah. go, you go for like something that's very easy, very safe, that pays you like, okay. So you can like pull together. Your wife would get like a job and that like, I don't know. She, would go and paint nails or whatever and you just get like this little tiny safe space and like all the elders around you all the elders they, they know you they give you a proof because they go like well they have a family now that's their life they have a purpose yeah but do, do you think that social approvedness i don't know if that's a word but do you think that being socially approved by i don't know your neighbor grandma or whatever uh, is something that's going to keep you through, you know, through your life. I mean, no, 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 no. I don't think so. But you socially mm -hmm. improve yourself because you look at your kid and you're like, oh fuck it, I'm doing this for the kid. Or you go home to your wife and your kid and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm doing this for them or whatever. But you're not really doing anything like that difficult, you know. You you just you're living in a small town. You get a you get a a, a very semi serious job. You don't really have that much of a stress going on. <laughs> whenever so, you say like, whenever you say uh, it's not that difficult, I, I can just imagine married people with kids on the pot listening to the podcast be like, <laughs> how difficult is this? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just freaking out like these motherfuckers they don't know shit like these guys they, they don't understand you see they'd be like you see you see <laughs> yeah that's like that's that's why i think that people get married early especially in small towns i don't know like i, I don't know about big town people but it, it it that's that's why i think that they they get married early and they just decide to stay and just keep on living a little mediocre life have a little luxury every now and then and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's my theory, and <clears throat> that's why yeah, that's why I think the people just like stay and just chill. So when you said you wanted to go to Russia, right? Yeah. Uh, do you, do you want to live there, or do you want to spend some time there, uh, or I would probably you... like I wanna I wanna like be on the move for like a couple of months. Um, and go on the trains and go to like little distant republics and like go and see different people and talk to different people whatever uh, I don't know about living in Russia because I don't I don't really like I would rather live in Bulgaria uh, but yeah I don't know about living in Russia because I don't really know the the lifestyle in big cities because I'm not gonna go and live in a small republic if I was about to go and live in Russia I'd probably go to like St. Petersburg or Moscow or something right 
but yeah, I don't know like what's the lifestyle there. I don't know what's the people. I guess they're pretty close to ours, like their traditions and stuff, like the stuff they do. Like it's it's pretty, you know, Soviet oriented yeah. stuff. Like some of the Soviet uh, Soviet Union stuff carried over and state. And I get. I guess you'll find out a lot of that culture and a lot of the lifestyle during your travel if you are ever to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I would like to do. Um, like, and I, I'll I'll do it one day for sure. Uh, but I don't know about living, and I haven't really thought about living. So, have you asked yourself, why not do it? I mean, like, you, you, you've you saved up some money. You could actually hop on the train or just take the airplane, go to Moscow, and just draw a map, mark your destinations, and just go for it for, like, I don't know, a month or two, two-month trip. Why, 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 what's stopping you from actually doing it? Me being lazy with learning Russian. That's, that's the main, the number one reason. It's me being lazy with learning Russian because... But, uh, don't, but don't you think that's more of an excuse because, uh, first of all, for people who don't know, Bulgarian language is closely related to Russian language. We use the, self, uh, the same alphabet. Some of the words are pronounced in the same way. And as a Bulgarian, you could pick... I don't know, every fourth word in Russian. Is that correct, M? Do you think that's right? Mm, I wouldn't really say so. It, it, it is close. It's close. I'm not... It's close, but it's, it's, it's different. Like, it, it sound, it sound, some, some stuff sounds similar, but it's different. Um, like, yeah, there, yeah, there's, true. There's no way you can go and speak, try to understand them, or they will try to understand you. No, no. The difference is too huge to just you know, go there and learn it in a couple of weeks. No, no, that's not what I mean. What I'm saying is you, you, you don't, I mean, what I'm saying is you're putting the brakes in before you actually are doing anything. And, um, no, I'm thinking, I wanna, you, like, you, don't, you don't need fluent Russian, I no, guess, to yeah, go but there. Like I, like I said, I'm, it's, it's a pretty lazy level, pretty lazy pace of, of, of learning Russian to just okay level. So I can like understand people that can understand me. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's uh, right. it's, uh, it's just uh, me being pretty lazy with uh, learning how to speak Russian because I want to have an authentic experience. I don't want to go there and like speak half broken English and half broken Bulgarian with like a pinch of broken Russian so I can like get along. I want to go and right. like like find my way around speaking mainly Russian. Um, but yeah, so I I started like I I know I started up in the beginning of the quarantine. But then it just kind of faded off. And yeah, and obviously another big reason is that um, travel is a bit of a challenge right now. Um, and, sure, yes. And also to go to Russia, you need to get like, a, for some places you need special visas and you need to get invited by the government. So it, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's, there's like a lot of admin. There's, there's a lot of admin work to, to visit Russia and like get a visa there and, walk, and you know, travel around. Maybe when I get my British passport, really, I think I don't. I haven't actually checked how British passport restrictions lie with Russia. Uh, but yeah, you have to get an invitation and a visa, so there's a little bit of an admin work. Right. So yeah, that's that's pretty much why my Russian dream is uh, on hold right now. Are you? I do you think you're serious about it, or yeah, yeah, like you, it, it's, do you it's, think it's, it's more it's, of a hype thing? No, I think it's. I think I'm pretty serious about it. Plus, it's it's not like a, a an extremely life changing thing. It's not like I'm gonna like 
go and get castrated or something. It's just, <laughs> it's uh, she's going on a big trip to Russia, so it's just it's just in the works. All right, it's pretty cool. I I don't think I've, I would ever. I don't know. Like, it's a weird thing to say that you would never want to go there, but um, I don't know. Uh, there's just nothing. Uh, how should I put it? To my knowledge, although I know everywhere around the world, people are very biased towards Russia. Um, and, but me knowing that, I could still say there's nothing in Russia that really attracts me. You know, I don't see anything that I'm just going to go, oh, really? That thing is over there? You know what? I should hop on a plane and check it out. That seems great or whatever. Uh, there's just nothing... Oh, actually, you know what? There is one thing. I think the girls are really good, good looking there. I think that that's a stereotype that um, I, I think the whole world can agree is true, right? And it is a thing to do. But uh, other than that, I don't, I don't know about anything uh, that I would. Maybe, maybe I'll be a tourist, just go tour Moscow, you know, just a regular trip to Moscow. But that's it. I don't really. I don't really see anything attractive in Russia for me. See, I'm in the exact same uh, state with New York. I don't really see anything attractive about New York. So it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a personal preference. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is, preference. definitely a personal preference. Right. So we've hit 35 minutes almost, I think. Um, we could wrap it up. I say we wrap it up, keep it light and simple, because if you if someone actually made it to thirty four minutes of us congratulations talking shit, congratulations! You've just lost a bunch of brain cells, and thank you for listening that much. And we'll be back at some point in the future with Definitely. episode two of the Real Real Show. And we're still we're still a bit rusty. I mean, we're still getting the hang of it again. Still getting the hang of it, yeah. Just baby steps. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for. Thank you, guys. And we will see you, hear you, you hear us in the near future. Sure thing. <laughs>